right, so we got the, the second uh, portion of the show. We got LAFC Lied. We have Back in Black. Uh, we also got LAFC Edge back. Uh, live, how you doing? Good, good. Uh, glad to be back. Thanks for having me, Gio. I feel a little underdressed. Uh, I don't know if those guys are going to Sadie's Hawkins or something, but uh, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> look, they came. They came ready, man. They they came with the suits. I I gotta look. I felt so underdressed, you know, with with the what I was rocking. But uh, back in black, how, how you doing? How you feeling? Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, feeling uh, feeling okay. Got a little nose thing going on, so apologize for the voice. But yeah, I mean, what can you expect from uh, the gentleman over there, Carson? You know, uh, good good, good <laughs> props. You know, props to the props as usual. Props to the props. Edge, how you doing? Welcome back. Hey, thanks. Doing good, man. Doing good. Just be, uh, just glad to be back on the pod. Yeah, look, all right, guys. L- let's get into it. Um, it was, it was a, it was a game, right? It was. Uh, look, let's talk about everything, right? Almeida, uh, Almeida had talked about Carlos Vela. You know, we were uh, JP wrote a great piece on it. Um, you know what that meant and different things. So we got to find out a little bit more about that. You know. Was this Almeida, you know, playing chess? Was this Almeida wanting, you know, potentially get a player like Carlos Vela and all these different things? So there, there was a lot of storylines leading up to this game. Um, it was, it was a big game for LAFC, right, to get get some points, right? They, they were at eight spot. Unfortunately, it didn't go their way. It didn't go the way you guys imagined. Um, live three minutes in, and uh, and got LAFC already conceded a goal. What went through your mind when that happened? Uh, same thing that always happens with the defense is mistake after mistake it's kind of you're kind of getting numb to it at least i am i've been numb to it now when i see something like that i just shake my head and just move on because i'm used to it it's kind of sad um miscommunication it's schoolboy errors all over the place um if you're a young coach on a team of um you know a youth side you want to show them that what not to do that would be the clip to show them uh it's pretty embarrassing but that's this whole season has been that in a nutshell that clip that's been the season right there yeah, let me look. Let me let me go ahead and play the clip. Not to rub it in, but I think it's a point of Away from a start like this where LAFC clearly have the foot on the pedal. I'll wait on that answer as they split the defenders. Romano's off his line. That's going to go all the way through for Benji Kikanovic. And LAFC left shorthanded in the back. And the earthquake. Obviously, back back in black. You see that three minutes in. What were your thoughts? Yeah, poor goal, poor defensive. It, it seems like the mentality is, is is not there before the game start. You know, you have uh, an opportunity to you, – you come right right off the gate. You have an opportunity to show up. It seemed like that, and that's what I'm trying to say here, that the first two minutes we're going to be the aggressor, and then you immediately get thrown like a bucket of water in our heads. And, and essentially that's how I felt. Um, it, it changed from a good mood and, and, and being optimistic about the game outcome to – uh, essentially knowing, knowing, like, because we've been here so many times, what the outcome would be. And, you know, it turned out to be true. And actually, uh, it turned out to be quite bad because we didn't even get on the board, uh, contrary to some of the other games that at least our offense showed up. But we knew that yeah. the result was going to be yeah. adverse. No, no, with you, it was not the the result or, you know, the expectation. Edge, what, what were your thoughts? Obviously, early goal in, uh, going into this game, what were your thoughts when that happened? You know, it wasn't even surprising, to be honest. I think LAFC is notoriously famous for lacking focus the very beginning and at the very end of each half. So when I saw it, it was really disappointing. Of course, you always go in thinking that we're going to come in and win this game and dominate it. And then to see that happen, 
you know, what really killed me was towards the end of that play, how it just looked like the players just gave up before the goal even went in. Like they were just jogging alongside the striker. And it's like, it felt like they were lacking urgency. I don't know. It, it, there's definitely mentality problems there. And I think that was the overall problem with this game. It just seemed like a huge mentality problem to go into what those mentality problems are is speculative, you know, but all of us have our own thoughts on why we're having these mental problems, but there was definitely a lapse there and everyone could see that it was mental and we just lacked focus and it's frustrating. It's so frustrating to see as, as an LAFC fan. Yeah. Look, I want to bring something up, which I've, I've, I think you rarely even see this lineup, right? I was on the bench, right? We know they just signed Jamal Blackman. But you have Pablo Cisnega. So you have two goalkeepers in the bench, which is, to me, it's surprising. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I don't think you need two goalkeepers in the bench. I think that is the biggest thing. Um, yeah, you. we know you used an international spot for that. And to me, it's like, where where is the, the mindset, right, to have two goalkeepers on the bench, right? Uh, live, when you see that you have two goalkeepers, you don't, by no means, do you need three goalkeepers to travel. I don't know, unless you're expecting a wild physical crazy game but even then i think one two goalkeepers are enough what, what were your thoughts when you when you saw two goalkeepers on the bench why why is there two goalkeepers on the bench i've i mean this isn't a preseason friendly where everyone's trying to get a you know a little bit of minutes but that was just kind of it was crazy to me we're playing away we need every point we can get trying to sneak into the playoffs and you have two goalies on the bench i mean cal jennings was loaned out he's not even on the bench even young christian torres where is he maybe he could have did something and also, where's the new guy we just signed on loan? I, I don't know what's up with that. I mean, we signed him to score goals and do backflips and all this stuff, and you have two goalies on the bench. What was the thinking behind that? I'm not sure if anyone asked him, why did you have two goalies on the bench? I mean, maybe Jamal, uh, Jamal Blackman can play center forward. Maybe that's why he's on the bench. I honestly, <laughs> it's just it's just mind-boggling. And uh, kudos to JT for that and Bob uh, making those decisions. And it's making it easier um, for everyone to see the light finally at the, after the season's over. Yeah, look, I, I think obviously Jamal Blackman's a goalkeeper, but I, with that thing that just like so head scratching with some of these moves, two goalkeepers. Back in black, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, with in regards to Jamal, I actually thought this was a perfect game for him to to start. Uh, at the same time, maybe Bob already knew that they were going to lose because maybe they didn't want to start his his new goalkeeper in a hostile kind of environment. Um, you know, for me, the the main thing with the the lineup was do you sorry the big thing for me is mark anthony k and you know Corey baird not being available because those guys from a depth standpoint would have been very helpful in a game like this where some of your dps are out um you know right out right outside of international break you know that's when i started questioning some of the moves done by the front office and what we've done in season like the reactivity of it um, where maybe we should have waited a little bit before dealing guys, right? Because now it's a mid-season game and we're lacking dudes. <laughs> Pretty simple. Yeah, definitely like lacking a lot of depth. Uh, Edge, what were your thoughts uh, on the goalkeeper, uh, two goalkeepers on the bench? I mean, it's obvious that we just lack depth. You know, we have a lot of injuries. We don't have a lot of people. But like Live brought up, it, it really angered me that Jennings was not on this bench. Christian Torres, I could understand a little more. And I would have liked him on the bench nonetheless. But Jennings, really, like he's doing pretty decent at Las Vegas Lights. And he just scored at the game that he was at instead of our game. And to not have Jennings was like really mind-bending. Like I didn't understand that. And then on top of that, 
we didn't have any forward depth. I'd understand, once again, if we had some forward depth, but we had no forward depth. And then on top of that, Bob Bradley takes out Masovsky at the 60th minute when we're losing. I understand that maybe we had midfield problems and all that. That's fine. But you made four substitutions, and one of them wasn't a forward. So, like, those were all very, like, weird um, coach calls. Like, I don't understand any of that, you know? And it, it, it's angry. Once again, I see problems with the front office here in John Thorrington with, as Back back and Black mentioned, with the sell of Mark Anthony Kay and Baird. Okay, that's great. That's fine that you do that. But bring in solid replacements. There weren't so I solid think let me, let, me, let me just hit on that because people in the chat are saying uh, okay. Black and Black is referring to no replacements for K or replacements for Barrett. I think Baird got replaced by Chicho. I think that that kind of happened. But okay, I think yeah, just yeah. to just to yeah. cl- just to clear things up, yeah, what yeah. you guys are saying, there was not no essential replacement when K went. There was no replacement yeah. for him by and, one for one. And what I, I also I think you, you could have signed Chicho and and kept Baird on your bench. You know, but Ch- yeah. Baird is just Baird, and and 100%. I know it was tight to bring a player, um, you know, of Chicho's caliber and is making good money, but it's it still. It, I am referring to the depth. You should not have traded Corey Baird if you just got at him. He just arrived at our club. You know, we we could be responsible for. Well, I think let me like, if I can clear that up. I think I think Baird also left because Brian Rodriguez. There was the, the whole Brian Rodriguez. It doesn't but matter. I, I get, He's I get, an American. He can play for us. I, I look. I, I completely. And then where is B Rod? Right. That, Don't even get me started on the B Rod. I I almost fell in love with him again. And I, I'm now like convinced that he's just soft. Like, where is he? Like, where where did he get hurt? You know, and 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 I don't even want to get started with Brian Rodriguez conversation. Well, look, that's I'm, that's that's I some mean, of the besides, limitations of the MLS. Go ahead. Besides Edge. the cells, it's what are we doing with all that gam, all that money that we we got from the cell of Mac? Fair, fair question. And fair and, question. Of, and for Baird, like I was excited because I'm like, okay, we're gonna do some MLS moves, which you know, MLS player moves which we need. That's another big problem that we have. We have all these young players or just overall inexperienced signings and we're lacking chemistry. We're lacking overall MLX experience on the field, which many attribute to our failure. We just lack that. And then there's no, there's no moves. There's no MLS moves. I'm sorry. There, there was Ibiaga and that was good, but we needed midfield signings like that and forward signings and with just all that money. Go ahead. Go ahead. Live. Point at uh, Edge when you talked about it was it last week I think we talked about John Thornton I started really thinking about that since you made some great points and I put JT out I put a picture of him so he has a nice trim he talks nice but he's just not the guy and someone asked me on Twitter is like um, what because I said it's been mishandled a lot of stuff's been mishandled he asked me to elaborate and I got points right here the Horta DP situation he whipped on that Zimmerman leaving no replacement Mario's a frog I'm gonna be honest with you, he's a frog he's not a replacement for Zimmerman he's nowhere near Zimmerman's own. that was Zimmerman's replacement supposedly not good enough uh handled Rodriguez drama poorly yes he's back but the whole situation was ugly it sucked as fans that wasn't right honestly if you're gonna sell him just sell him don't go back and forth no veterans in the squad you look back from the supporter shield when we won it to now who, who legit is like the veterans that you're gonna lean on there really isn't that many uh, no number nine from the start of the season. Corey Baird was not the answer. We had to wait a few months to get Chicho in. We should have had him from the very beginning if that was going to be the guy. No proper goalkeeper since day one of this football club. No death. Fido, remember him? Remember You guys remember him? He was going to be the big star. Yeah, he sucked. And we went from a contender to mediocre in one season. How does that happen? 
How does that even, Yeah, I think even not not even just that. You were supposed to, you guys were expected yeah. to be winning the championship, not fighting for uh eight seven seed thing. And I think that's the thing. So let's let's have this conversation then. Um do you do you feel this is more Bob's fault or do you feel oh. this is more Johnson? I feel like I feel like because to me, I think there's a divide. I think there's a divide. Um I know I may be cutting here, but I think there's a divide between the the two because of what you're seeing what the type of players i I, like i'm assuming let me just be clear there may be some type of divide because of the players that are coming in and the players that are needed right and these aren't these aren't these aren't the type of play these aren't the expert right look let's be honest um even when i shared this uh, the thing on twitter about raheem edwards and uh, i think mario there's frustrations look this is sports this is sports there's gonna be frustrations um you know, I know, I think someone had commented that I was like stirring things up. I was like, "Oh no, like, I saw that." Like, yeah, yeah, no, no. But let me let me address that. I was like, uh, the individual that that said that it, it doesn't understand how sports work. Like when things aren't going good, things aren't going good. Me posting something like that is not. Yeah, it's just so, it's it's just someone is just soft and doesn't know understand sports. I've been around sports. I've been in lo- NBA locker rooms, MLB locker rooms. Go check the Dodgers. Go check the Lakers. Like if you if you're so soft about me posting that, don't be in sports. But to an, another point is is that when you see a frustration with Raheem Edwards and Mario, it ha- is happening in the locker room because they're not winning. It's not just because of oh they they lost. No, this team. There's so many frustrations that so many people don't see, aren't seeing within and out the locker room. Yeah, three game win streak is cool. But it was just a band-aid on a really deep scar that this team really is going through. Uh, back, let me get your thoughts. Yeah, it's it's the up and down that we all talk about. We don't know which team is going to show up and who the leaders are to sort of conduct, you know, conduct the the carriage to towards the game, you know, towards the the win, you know, and and so which means opening games and closing games out, and and we see that that in, the in between seems. To work, but we cannot close a game, and we definitely are very loose off the gate. So, I always point out at the top of the salary sheet and who's getting paid the most, or the who most are the top players. five players yep. that are really pay- getting paid the most to make the most amount of difference, right? And if they're taking their share or too much of that share, is there enough for the developmental players to fill this roster, and then we can be successful as a club, right? It's a strategy move, and it starts with the front office. Ultimately, it's we, we cannot replace three players like we lost, you know, like in, in Zimmerman, Zim, Zimmerman and now Vela, right, being out as much as he has been in the last two years, and now Diego Rossi, you know, leaving as well. We haven't replaced this much talent in our roster, and it's showing. So I feel like it's almost unfair to, you know, ask Bob Bradley – to get to the promised land as he was supposed to when his roster completely changed in the middle of the season, right? So this is why I keep pointing out to the business side of it, who engineered the roster and why did it fail? Because now it's a failure, right? And now to answer the question you asked earlier, who's, whose fault is it, right? Who's I don't more think it's about whose who's, fault is it, who's right? More yeah, yeah. But more than anything, is like, how do you fix it, right? There's three pieces here. Replace players, replace coaches, replace front office play. you know, that will ultimately replace players. So you have three choices here, and I'm always going to go path of least resistance. What's easiest to change here without breaking this entire club? And go slow on it because you can break the thing. If you change too fast, 
you're going to change the culture. And if you change the culture, you may not, you may not like the results. Well, I didn't think you, you no one even record. Look, I was at the beach and I was wearing this sweater, the LA soccer hub sweater. And I was talking to LAFC fans. Like, oh, do you talk blah, 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 short story? I was like, yeah, I cover both teams, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, I'm an LAFC fan, this and that. And they said something to me that had been saying to me, like watching this game. They're like, I don't even recognize this roster anymore. They're like, I've been a fan since day one. I've never met this person. Just be clear. I was just talking to them at the beach. And I was like, yeah, check out the podcast, blah, blah. And they were like, I don't even recognize this roster anymore. You know? And I don't, I don't know how in tune they are, but I was like, I was like, that's what I've been thinking. Obviously, there's so many injuries and all these different things. But the development, like you're saying, the development – um, but I, honestly, uh, back, I think there's no culture right now. There's no culture. There's there, the, I think that might already have been broken with this season because there are so many high expectations. Um, obviously, a change is inevitable. But what I think you're getting at what change should be made. But I think where we've seen LAFC go through, I think may, maybe they may or may not make the, make the right decision. Edge, let's get your thoughts on this. You're, you're a mute. You're a mute. You're a mute. I think that's a great point. And I think what people are seeing is, yeah, they don't recognize the team, but I don't think there would be a problem with that if this new team were like magnificent, right? Um, But what happens is that we're noticing the failures and then this isn't working. And so this is where the problem lies. I mean, obviously teams change within a few years and, you know, LAFC, this is the fourth season. So you're going to expect changes, but the changes while they – they're abundant because of injuries and new new players overall. It's because they're just doing bad and they're not working out for us. Yeah, no, and I think that's I think that's the the the, the frustrating thing about when you watch LAC. Because look, I've I've seen LAC just to everybody from the start, and this was the year that so I was like, all right, how uh, to me I was like, how are they going to handle handle the pressure? How are they going to handle everybody coming at at their head? And I just didn't feel from the start there was no not enough reinforcements uh, to add the depth and so many different things. I think they relied on too much, whether it was JT, whether it was Bob. Uh, we know Bob's job is a coach. We know JT essentially his job is to bring in players, recruit, and do all those different things. But I think the the, the players that were brought in, there's too much too much young talent. And yes, yeah, it's, it's promising, but you're not you're not going to win an MLS cup with a bunch of 18 years old. Uh, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just and not, you know, could I, it, thank you. Yeah. go, go I, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Can I add to that too? Is that like, I think if I could be speculative here, I think what is happening, the mental problem is that the expectations are of LAFC overall. Like, Hey, you need to have your cup. This is your fourth season. What is going on? Why aren't you like Atlanta? that got their cup in the second year. You guys were supposed to be that. It's only getting worse. I think that mentality is infiltrated into the coaching and the front office, into these young players, into these inexperienced players, and then they're getting frustrated because they can't perform to that level that they need. And that's where I think these arguments are coming from, these lack of performance. Hold on, explain that explain a little bit more. Are you saying that the, the – explain break that down a little bit because I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really understand that. Okay, so basically, I think this pressure that LA that we, LAFC has overall the front office to get the MLS Cup is is being transferred into oh, these, into these young players who are not experienced enough, and then when they fail inevitably because they're just young and inexperienced, it becomes frustration on the field, and there's lacking chemistry, there's mental problems, a collapse in the team. So it's not fair. I see this as a front office problem. Get the players that you want to win you these cups. You can't have both both 
you can't have your cake and eat it too. You want a return on investment in players, right? And you're getting these young players, and then you want those players in return to bring you a cup. But that's not balanced. You need to have a mixture of experience, MLS experience, mm-hmm. pride players, and youth players, and then put on that pressure. But don't get these players who've never played for the MLS or that are 18 years old and tell them, we need the cup. What's going on? Why did you guys lose? And this is undue pressure on them. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, you, I think you hit the nail on the head because it's way too much to ask for these young guys to do all the all this, all this, all these different things. And, right, they're going to commit mistakes and all these – but, like, you don't even have to go that far to get defensive players and all these different things, right? Whether that's Bob, whether that's JT, obviously we don't know for a hundred uh, for a hundred percent right now. We can speculate and all these things, but like what we do know, it's not working. And LAFC is doing terrible. They're they're not looking good. This is not where they should be. Um, Alive, when you see that, and you obviously you, you were talking about uh, JT and all these. I, I know you're already Bob. You're Bob out and all, all these different things, but. What what are your thoughts when you see the roster construction, how this team was built, all these young guys? Um, obviously, you can't have both guys, but I know I know you're a Bob out. I know you're you're not a fan of JT, but who who are you more more leaning? Because obviously, you look. Let's be honest. You're one of the most vocal voices on, on social on Twitter. If we're gonna be honest about about uh you know about your team, which many people don't may not believe that you're a diehard LAFC fan, but you definitely are. You just you're just not everybody's cup of tea, and that's fine. Uh, yeah, like, uh, it doesn't bother me that people call me out on stuff. It's just that it's not all unicorns and rainbows for me. 100%. To be 100%. 100%. Realistic, and if you can't handle it, just either block me or just scroll. It doesn't bother me. I'm looking at this lineup from, against San Jose, five to six of those players on LAFC would not start for Seattle. That kind of tells you how good this roster is, which it sucks. I'll be honest, it sucks. And I honestly think if we had a different manager too, the best managers in the world, the good managers can get the best out of their players. And I guarantee you, I'm just going to be straight up honest. If Tata Martino and Bob Bradley switched for those four years, when he was at Atlanta and Bob was at LAFC, I guarantee we'd have an MLS cup and we probably have a supporter shield and maybe even a U.S. Open cup as well. I think we have more trophies if we had Tata Martino and Bob was at Atlanta. And if Bob I know, um, you know, maybe he's really frustrated with the with the roster. He thinks it's weak and he's not getting the players he wants. This is his final contract or his final year in his contract. If you're not happy, then just walk and just walk. And then that way, you know, JT still stays here and then he's going to bring a new coach and then JT will probably get the sack too. Once this uh, roster keeps getting worse and worse and worse. If I were Bob, Cincinnati's open. They have a GM opening as well, I think. I would go down to Cincinnati, start fresh, and you get the players you want with the GM that you want. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. You know, JT, if he was hired, you know, because Bob wanted him, or because the owners just okay. Well, this guy played in MLS. He's uh, American. I think JT was hired first. I think JT was first. I think JT JT hired Bob. JT hired okay. Bob. So, so JT was first. The relationship probably sucks now because the results aren't doing well, and they're probably frustrated at each other. But if I were Bob, and if we don't make the playoffs, I wouldn't even let the owners or anyone fire me. I would just walk. I'd just say, all right, thank you. You know, put out my resignation letter and I'm out. You know, that's it. Well, I think I think at this point, it's 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 writing's on the wall. Yeah, the writing's on the wall. Whether he yeah, gets fired again or he walks, it's natty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether whether look, the, 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 Bob, I look, Bob is gonna get a job regardless. So, oh yeah, of course. I, I really, like, we all we all understand that, but I think we will see whether like obviously if JT gets another coach, we we're, we're gonna see if it really was JT or if it really was Bob because we're also gonna see 
the Russian construction. Look, another thing about LAFC, they're, they're such a young team, right? And we're seeing all these mistakes, right? The benefit that I have, I see how the other team across town does certain things. Obviously, I can compare and contrast, but it's like to me, it's like there's too many young guys on this team, you know. Um, back, let, let's get your let's get your thoughts on on that on the frustrations between potentially, you know, uh, Bob Bradley and John Thornton. Well, I expressed some of this in the move in our show early, and the moves not making a lot of sense uh, for what the needs are of the players. So it's not necessarily that one is bad or the other. You know, JT may be a really good G- GM, but he just might not be gelling with this particular head coach and suppressing the needs that he has. And the Eddie Segura injury was a pretty good example of that, where we replaced it with a player that didn't really fit the caliber, um, you know, that Eddie brought to this team. And everything was a house of cards after Eddie left, you know, due to injury. So, you know, again, and and the second piece of it is the leadership on the field doesn't show, especially when you're on the road. When you look at our our our, our our record at home in compared to some of the other teams, we're not that far off, actually. You know, only about three points separates us from the top of the table if you only look at our, at, at our home records, right? Because in MLS, man, everyone wins at home. That's your bread and butter. We're doing the bread and butter. What we're not doing is winning on the road. So we have to look at who's responsible for orchestrating what? A roster of players that can win on the road. And as you said at Edge, you cannot do it with youth. If it's too much youth, it's going to show. And when is the show? On the road. When you go to Portland, when you go to Seattle, when you have a playoff game out of uh, you know that is not on the bank, that's going to show. And you're going to lose. And you're going to lose a lot. And that's the difference between last two seasons and this season. It, and I'm not counting 2020. As I said, 2020 is an asterisk, right? But 2018 and 2019, we were setting all kinds of records because our players knew how to go on the road, kick some butt. But now, you know, it seems like we go over there, mom and the fall, like deer in the highlights, right? Comes to the bank, amazing. Goes on the, on the road, eh, you know, shaky. And, and you know, it, it, you can name a player and the, the story is exactly the same. And then you start pointing out, like, why is it that they cannot perform on the road? And that might be a coaching issue. Yeah, look, I also think, like, look, the thing, look, Diego Rossi, right, second year, 20, was it 2019, amazing, you know? But obviously, he didn't really break out to the third season, right? Last season, 2020, he won the Golden Boot. Even with all these young guys that they have, I think eventually some are going to be promising. But the year that you're supposed to win the MLS Cup and everybody expected you, I don't think those were the guys. And one thing that youth doesn't have over uh, uh, veteran players is experience. There's no way you could fast-track experience, right? And I think that was... Uh, that's maybe, you know, what's, uh, what's you know, hurt LAFC a lot this year because, uh, you know, when I was looking at the team, I was like, okay, yeah, even if you have this, look, you're going to have injuries regardless. No one expected Vela or, you know, these these long type of injuries or anything like that. And, again, obviously now maybe something else. Um, but I want to switch over things. I, w- I want to look at the standings. Obviously, even though they lost, you guys didn't move from eighth place, but everybody else, I think, caught up. Uh, uh, obviously, in ninth place, Vancouver, 33 points tied with you guys. Han Jose, who beat you guys, it's uh, 33, uh, 33 points in 10th place. So not that much changed. Everybody, well, people moved up there in the bottom. RSL uh, is at 36 points, uh, number seventh in the sixth spot. Minnesota with 37 points. Galaxy with 38 points in the fifth spot. And Portland Timbers, who you guys play on Wednesday, with 40 points. Um Live, tell me how you feel about the standings outside looking in. You're three points away from, 
you know, uh, the seventh seed. Portland's coming to town. We saw what they did to RSL. How are you feeling about this game? <laughs> uh, I'll be realistic. I, I think we're going to get piped. I honestly think we're going to get piped. Probably like, probably like 4-1. Probably. Really? Yeah, 4-1. I honestly think we're going to get piped 4-1. These teams uh, are always physical, though. They're, they're, yeah, we never win the physical battle, so there you go. We're going to lose probably 4-1. I'm being realistic. 4-1. Um, I, I honestly can't. I, I'm trying to be positive here. I can't see us winning this game. I'm trying to be positive, but we're going to lose 4-1. <laughs> okay, I was negative to be 6-1, just like what they did the other day. But this defense against Portland, Portland's physical. We're not. We're tactically clueless on the sideline. We never know who's going to start anymore. We don't know the injury situation. It's not looking good for us, you know. It's it's not good for the fans too, man. I just I feel bad because all the thirty two fifty two and all those guys and girls that travel to all these states and everything, giving it the all, and the people on the pitch just don't care at times. And especially at home, this is where like uh, back in Black said, you're supposed to win. It's your bread and butter. MLS, you win at home. We don't do that anymore. When we do, it's every other game or every other three games, you know. So if you want to make a playoff push, this is the game where you got to win. I've been saying that for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you. Um, but honestly, I think 4-1. I think we're going to lose 4-1. And I hate to say it, but I'm being realistic, man. Back, what are your, what are your thoughts? Do you, that, are you a that little would more that, that would immediately result in, um, in, in someone being released. Yeah, yeah, released yeah, yeah. Like if you get embarrassed at that. home. Yeah, First yeah. and foremost, you would yeah. not – that would have been a first because if you look as the away team, Portland has never beaten us. Okay. Never. That's since 2018. It's never happened. They always beat us at home. So if this would have happened and if it's that big of a score, it eventually it would lead to Bob Bradley being dismissed. So he's coaching with his ASS on the line. And I believe he's going to win because that's what he does when he's back against the wall. And I believe it's going to be a slim, crazy win like we've had against RSL, 3-2. 3-2? Three, three, Edge, how, how do you see this? How do you see this game tomorrow I or Wednesday? Believe that, I believe we're insanely unpredictable. We won SKC 4-0 at home, and we could lose this game. So there's really no predicting this LAFC. It's going to be a mental thing. And if we go in with the right mindset, as in this is war, we could win this. I still think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Whether we lose 1-0, win 1-0, tie 1-1, I think it's going to be low-scoring. I think we're going to play this game like a final, and we're going to be defensive, and it's going to be aggressive. And, yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah, look, in the, in not, not just Wednesday, but what is it, Sunday, I got El Trafico, right? Sunday Sunday's El Trafico, too, so it's like – Two games that are not, not definitely not easy, but two games that could definitely look. And the the positive, if there's a positive in this, I think Galaxy have not looked good, right? They they they're on seven game winless streak, seven game winless streak. Obviously, I know you guys win as far as eight, but you guys know how that is. So any anything uh, as possible. Obviously, they also play on Wednesday. Um, but live, obviously, I know you're not, you're not you're not you know you don't think you guys will get the win. Uh, on Wednesday, but what are your thoughts on facing Galaxy uh, on the weekend? Those games are always tough to call. Like, it's legit always craziness when we play against them. Um, we're playing at their place. Uh, God. Yeah, they, they've been crap. We've been crap. I think it's going to be probably 2-2. 
Um, I think honestly, too, too. Probably a PK in the game. Someone's going to get a red, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> red. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Gracious. That it's game. The final but, game, though. But like, you guys, you would need to win this because you guys haven't won one this year. I will say that if we lose that game away at Carson and we lose against Portland, too, I think that's it. That's that's the nail in the coffin. No, we keep saying it for JT for Bob Bradley. That's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Like you lose that game. J- JT JT is a co-president, though. We we forget that. I am. Yeah, so yeah. Times, not, I don't think he's going anywhere. man. He's Boca Negra. Yeah, I don't. Who's gonna he's who's gonna drop the co-president? Like when oh, you think God. about that, we just think of him as a general manager, but no, he's a co-president. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. how the hell are we gonna get him out? Like this is gonna be like a. Like, it's gonna have to be. It's gonna take the fans. It's gonna have to take the fans. But yeah. I know yeah. So it's not gonna be if even if we like don't make the playoffs and we lose horribly. I feel like JT is gonna be there next season. For years, no, really he's gonna be there for years. Just let me, let yeah. me, let me. He's gonna be think, here. Look at look. If Chris Klein has been with the oh, Galaxy for what five plus yeah. years, committing the things he's he's done to yeah. uh, to a historic uh, organization. He protected his position, and even if we're wooden spoon next year. I don't think we're gonna lose him. Um, yeah, I think I think Dayti's definitely in the long tail. Uh, back in black, what are your thoughts on facing Galaxy this weekend? Oh, we have a massive opportunity. There's six points on the board, two teams right above us, and if we win six out of six, guess what? We're right at the middle of it all. So you know, oh, the season's lost. It's not. It starts today. It starts on Wednesday. It's playoff time. It really is. The playoffs started already. And I hope we have a roster. And then this has been my frustration with MLS. They have to tighten up the injury reporting. It's ridiculous. I'm a gambler. I went to Vegas and I couldn't even touch those MLS lines because we don't know who's going to play. It's not going to show up. We don't know who's going to start. You know. And again, it has to be cleaned up. And we have to understand what's going on behind the scenes. You guys are not allowed as media to go to the training grounds anymore. So I really wanted to use this platform to register my frustration with Major League Soccer and now how they've handled, you know, transparency. Because as reporters, you guys are entitled to information. And as gamblers, I'm entitled to information as well. <laughs> Look, you know what's so funny? I sport in the United States. You know, you know what's funny? Like a year, a year ago, Alicia Rodriguez and I, we talked about that. We talked about the importance of gambling and knowing the injury information, right, to build rosters or to go one-on-one or, you know, to, to, to if you're going to bet the money line or whatever you're going to do, right? This may be a foreign language to someone, but injury reports are key because if you want to place a big bet or you have all these parlays or, you know, you're building a lineup if you're doing daily fantasy or whatever, but the MLS just, is just not well, there. Just does, all does, the fantasy is massive, right? You're trying to build an audience. You're trying to get people in the but they, What I'm saying, the MLS is just not there from what I've, what I've seen. They just – they don't well, have they, well, it. That's what I'm saying. Like, you want to yeah. be big boy. You want to be big leagues. You have to start thinking big. And you have 100%. to be transparent. And you have to be with systems that allow you to be transparent, right? I know it's not easy and it's not going to be overnight. But it's a massive issue for a fan that wants to go to, to, to the park to see these players. And we show up with half a USL roster, man. Like, that is not cool. I paid to see Vela plus six. And if you yep. don't see, you know what I mean? Like, plus, you know, six USL players. And Vela's not there now. Now no, you're only seeing USL guys, right? So it almost seems like they're giving up. And like, you know what? I don't feel like showing up today, right? Is B-Rod really, really hurt, right? And now you start really kind of thinking about what these injuries really mean and how do they happen, right? He was fine. And all of a sudden, he's not. Yeah, I look. Yeah, the B route thing was a surprise to me. Edge, let's let's get your final thoughts here. Obviously, facing obviously Portland, uh, first game. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. But what are your thoughts? Obviously, after the game against Galaxy, uh, how do you see these two games? 
how do I see the Portland and the Galaxy games? Yep. Prediction wise, like what the outcome? Nobody's uh, points game. How many? If you, if you guys win one or two, or how, how do you feel about those? Um, I once again, I'm not a predictor, and I feel like this team is a roller coaster. If you ask me, 2019, I'd say we win. If uh, this year, I have no answer for you. This team is insanely volatile, and I don't know what I'm gonna get when I go into these games. I really thought we were gonna win the last two games, and we didn't. And I don't know. I, I I could say I think tomorrow will most likely be a tie. And Galaxy, I think we might get the win. I think this is going to be the odd fucking ball game. That would like, be LAFC's season. Yeah, I think it's get so a, unpredictable. Get a, get a, get a We're going the most unpredictable. Lose yeah, against, I don't know, tie against Timbers and then beat Galaxy and Galaxy. Yeah, that, it's that like would the, be the most. Yeah, Here's my answer. Is Vela playing? He plays, we win. It's a, yeah, yeah, Vela play. plays is a, is a different story, 100%. Yeah, Vela plays I mean, the, But the he's tables. not even going to be in – he's going to be, what, at like coming he's out, better. like training. Go off the, look, Vela coming off the better bench. Better than Chris Ostermo. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I'm not, I want not totally going off the script. I want Vela to play. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I wish he started the last game to get him prime for Galaxy. But, like, he's not going to start Portland. And it's like he's going to come out, like, Week versus Galaxy, and that's upsetting to me. But still, don't get me wrong. I'll take Vela below Prime over any of the players right now. No, fair enough. We've gone, we've gone over, guys. But like, look, what I'm gonna say is, it's gonna be interesting Wednesday. I'm gonna be there, uh, back in black. Are you guys gonna be? Are any of you guys gonna be at the game on Wednesday? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, cool. We'll definitely have to see if we if we can meet up and stuff. Uh, definitely chat before the game or uh, halftime, or whatever. But look, um. That's all the time we have. We're gonna we'll be back here. Obviously, we got look. It's a rivalry week as well. Obviously, it's weird with the with the mid game uh, on Wednesday. So we got a lot of things set up. Um, but I want to thank my guests live back in black, Marvin. So for these fellas, I'm Gio. I'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.